by the time you hear this podcast, there will only be one acceptable way to say the word jam. give you a clue as to what we may be talking about on this episode if you're not following us on instagram or facebook yet but we hope you do eventually uh other than that you are listening to the by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we are back with another episode the day after thanksgiving Mm-mm. i hope everyone uh had a good holiday they ate good slept good watched the cowboys win <laughs> <laughs> And uh, on this episode, we do have a guest. Uh, this is a guy that I met through the uh, the Childish Gambino fan base group on oh, Facebook. Oh, nice. nice. And uh, found out later that he was a, uh, that he is a, an independent producer. I hope that's not insulting or anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Uh, he does make a lot of he, he makes his you know his own um his own beats he is a musician and uh i find it all very fun and interesting to listen to so <laughs> um, that. so uh would like to welcome brandon brandon welcome to the podcast thank you guys for having me greetings to your listeners yes indeed. nice you're the first to say that that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> Um, oh, gotta give a shout out to the listener. Oh yeah. Otherwise, we're just talking to talking to ourselves, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> True. Uh, so, okay. So, um, why don't you tell us and 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 the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Sure. Um, originally, I am from Long Island, New York. Uh, to be specific, Roosevelt, New York, which is the Home of Public Enemy, Howard Stern, uh, Dr. J. Julius Irving. Um, quite a few, quite a few people come out of Roosevelt, New York, including someone directly tied to uh, our topic of discussion today. Oh, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I come, I, I myself, I come from a very musical family, based out of the 
Baptist church. So everyone, everyone plays something, either plays something or sings. Um, I'm not afraid of singing, but <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather be playing something, you know, um, I first got my, uh, the, uh, production bug when I was, say, 14, when a good buddy of mine gave me, uh, a special, a special copy of, a uh, FL Studio, and from there on, <laughs> mm. I was hooked. I say special because it was free. <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, I... From then on, learning different instruments, well, at least trying to learn different instruments. <laughs> and um, yeah. nowadays, just looking forward to connecting with people and trying to put out great, great product. You know? mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, uh, who were your, as far as like being a being a producer, like who were your, well, besides our topic of today <laughs> like who are your uh who are your other influences as far as as being a producer or a musician so yeah it's kind of hard besides our topic so, <laughs> besides him the ones i can think of at the top of my head is timbaland mm-hmm. timbaland for his nobody nobody touches timbaland's drought Mm-hmm. You can look at Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. Chad, well, not even just Pharrell. Pharrell and Chad, you go to the uh, Neptunes. They brought, I would say, they brought, they brought musicianship back into, back into hip hop where it had left previously, beforehand. And uh, who else can I think of? David Foster. Wow. David Foster, Foster wrote tons, have written tons of smash hits for the Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. Batman's pen is untouchable. I mean, I would. Uh... I would I would agree with that. That he, he's David Foster. <laughs> I I guess it's the thing is with someone like a David Foster, um, everyone has heard one of his songs at one time or another, mm-hmm. but you're not really familiar with who like with him. Yeah. Um, but just because you know he's one of those, um, I think like today like the producers are in the spotlight, mm-hmm. um, where the, you know coincidentally or not <laughs> and uh he's yeah. one of those that kind of i mean you'll see him i mean i know what he looks like i think i don't yeah. I, I think i know what he looks like i think <laughs> but yeah he's not he's not one of those say how today say the uh producer would be front and center like how you would have uh micro made it or mm-hmm. yeah sun digital and they're like right front and center. He's one of those guys who plays the background a lot. Yeah, and it would be kind of awkward to hear like a David Foster tag on one of his songs. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> David Foster. It's like... Over some smooth piano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, I wanted to ask, uh, also ask you about like 
from listening to um, to your sounds that you have on on SoundCloud or YouTube. Um, where like you are, it's you. A lot of the sounds that if you sample anything, it's from uh, video games and yeah. cartoons. Um, <clears throat> and there was one. I don't know if you still have it up anymore, but there was one that sampled the uh, the Skype ringing sound. <laughs> I, it's not it's not up there anymore, but I still have it. I still have it. So, um, so what drew you to using? Um, to to using video game sounds or cartoon sounds as far as like uh, sampling to make music, uh, I would I guess it would have to be that's literally all I did coming up. <laughs> it was either <laughs> playing video games or watching cartoons and anime. And uh, <laughs> as quiet as it kept, animes have some of the best the best musical compositions ever. But a lot of people tend to get turned off by it because it's usually in a different language. But yeah, it's I was as a kid I was either playing video games or watching a cartoon of the sort, or watching wrestling. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, what uh, are you working on? Any any projects now? That anything that's that's in the works that you want to release to the public? I have been toying around with a, an idea for a mixtape. Uh, the theme of it, I've been toying around with, is it's kind of kind of a love letter to Long Island, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gotten started on it yet. I just I just moved into a new place and got my setup up and running. But but yeah, it's. Uh, Theme, theme dedicated towards Long Island culture, which is bagels and stuff. All it's a ton of different things. Okay, all right, and uh, you definitely have a lot of uh, a lot of things to talk about as far as Long Island goes, just by you know from you naming uh, who's from there, mm-hmm. and oh. um, so uh, well, I'll be looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, well, one thing that we do on here, Brandon, is we talk about some what's going with the 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 goings ons or the ongoings. Uh, you could say both. Yeah, you could okay. say both. <laughs> uh, going on in music, um, things that are well, that are interesting to to us at least. Um, uh, one of one band that you know you kind of bring up the I guess it's like the the renaissance of that like 60s soul or motown sound um uh, mm-hmm. the dap kings they um they uh most famously worked on amy winehouse's back to black album mm-hmm. and um i believe they worked with uh, mark ronson as well and they have their their band with their lead singer sharon jones sharon jones and the dap kings uh sharon jones passed away um earlier th- uh, sorry last week yeah <laughs> Um, at the age of 60 uh, what was interesting about about her about her career is that she didn't record her first album until age 40 mm. I didn't know that I didn't know yeah so it's like 
it's it's not too late for for everyone. It's not too late. You yeah. know, if you want to if you want to do something, you know, uh, it's not too late to to go out and chase your dreams. Um, I don't my my favorite song that they did is a cover of "This Land Is Your Land." Mm-hmm. Like they, I didn't even realize like oh it's that song. <laughs> Um, and and Ben, I it, I heard it on the episode of Cold Case. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, Brandy, if you if you didn't know, uh, Cold Case is a well, yes, the cheesiest detective show <laughs> ever made. But um, you know, I think people can listen to it just to hear like what music are they going to use in this mm-hmm. episode. So. Um, yeah, that'll be that's people want to or to reminisce about about older music. But even though like I think the episode I heard it in took place in like nineteen fifty eight and they're normally use music from that year. Okay. But they use that song which came out in like two thousand five. Okay. <laughs> so I I think they tried to fool people with that <laughs> one. But um yeah, just say rest in peace to Sharon Jones and um you should people should check out uh, her albums with the Dap Kings, um, and uh, yeah, it's all very good. And it was a very short career for her, but uh, I think I think a lot of people will enjoy it if they give mm-hmm. her a listen. Um, so we have some new music that came out. Um, the Weekend Starboy is out today. I still don't know what a Starboy is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know either. Do, yeah. do you know, Brandon? I tell you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I thought at first he was saying like I'm a star boy, boy, like boy I'm a star, you know. But it's one word, so unless the weekend doesn't know grammar, um, star boy is a noun. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. That's I want to look it up. I've have I mean, how much have you listened to so far? Do you think? Um, I've heard the song. Well, the title track. Mm-hmm. With Daft Punk. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's a song. Uh, there's another song he did with. I don't know if Daft Punk produced the whole thing, but I don't there know are a few either. songs that he. Um. There's another song. I, I added it to my Uber playlist. Well, it sounds honestly. Well, it kind of does Monster. sound. Like I don't it. know if it was. I don't know if that was produced by Daft Punk, but I know he. Um. Uh. And well, I listened to Party Monster from that album. And there's another song called I Feel It Coming. I think that's a single. But yeah. he, re- he released like four or five singles from it. Yeah, I do like that one. That's that's a, it's a little bit of a slower one, right? Yeah. I feel it coming. I, okay. I believe that's another. I, I believe that's the one. The other one that's produced by Daft Punk. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Fe- featuring Daft Punk. Um, the album also has a song uh, or an interlude, I guess, with Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I noticed that. That's that's another thing I need to go in, because I've been hearing all of it on the New Music Spotify, New Music Friday Spotify mm-hmm. playlist, but I haven't actually sat and listened to the whole album. And um, when I heard that Lana Del Rey was a part of it, um, for one, it made me think of the conversation we had where you said that you feel The weekend is basically a male version of Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that they kind of mirror each other. So I was like, they're finally working together. That's awesome. Um, and so now I want to hear it because, honestly, I, I was a huge fan of her first album. I think it was Born to Die. Mm-hmm. And just could not get into her after that. Like, everything else after that I couldn't get into. Um, so I'm just, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what, hear what she's done, So like, with him so far. Okay. Um, I, um, 
I'll have to take the time to listen to it as well. Uh, I've heard those couple of songs. Uh, he also has a song on here with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And, of course, there's one with Future. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't. You know, it makes sense, though, because they did that, that other one, Low Life. Yeah. Which I heard it the first time and loved it and never again. Didn't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have new music from, I don't think we mentioned this in the last episode, A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Um, With the long title that I cannot think of, it's like, thank you for your service, we'll take it from here, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. We got, it, we got it from here, thank you for your service. Yeah, we got it from here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been able to listen to that one either. There's there's just so much music yeah. to listen to. I, I, have to, I have to make my way, my way back around to that. Well, the lead single's not bad. Um, I wish I could think of the name of it. I'm going to look it up. Um, they've been going around, you know, of course, supporting it, and... Um, Matt, who was on the last couple of episodes with us, he's a huge Tribe Called Quest fan, so he's been, I mean, it was all over his Instagram, and um, he plays it all the time, so I think they were on Fallon or some, one of those late night shows, and they performed they, the song? Well, they were on SNL, SNL? Where, where Dave Chappelle hosted. Okay, it was something else then, because this was, they were on an outside stage, they were outside somewhere playing. Yeah. Um, I just don't know where, and I know sometimes, like, Kimmel or Fallon, they'll do that, like, series where they'll have people, like, oh, outside. Oh, they were out, there was, that was probably Kimmel. Okay, because he does that, that a lot. Okay, yeah, it's a nice stage. Um, but no, the, the lead single's not bad. Like the first listen, I didn't really care for it. Um, the second, third listen is is starting to grow on me. So maybe the rest of the album will. Um, I just haven't, like you, haven't really taken the time mm-hmm. to listen to it because there's so much music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Brandon, have you been able to check it out? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like it. It's very, it's very. It's good driving music, I would say, and that's not a knock to them, but <laughs> it's very, it's. I would say it's relaxing almost. Okay, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, even not... though even though some of the songs are very up tempo and hype, but I don't know. There's always been something about a trap called Quest to me. When I hear them, it's very, very relaxing, mellow. I don't know if it's because of Q-Tip's voice or not. But. I think that's part of it. Yeah, he does have a very <laughs> smooth voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, not all, not all, not all hip-hop, not all rap is meant for the clubs. So, yeah, it's fine. That it's fine <laughs> if, the, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's meant to, you know, you're driving your car, then, you know, or you're cleaning the house. That is all fine. <laughs> we the people is the name of the fir- of the first single that I kind of dig now. We okay. the people. Um, yeah. Another well, Ben was telling us before we started recording. Um, you know, Dave Chappelle asked the very important question: "Where is Ja?" And <laughs> that's what I said today. It's and, like, "There's Ja. He's back." And uh, he, I guess, he is back. He has a new single with, of course, Ashanti. Yeah, they're like the Captain and Tennille. um it's it's not a bad song either have you have you have you listened to the song brandon i have not i didn't i didn't realize they had new music out until you guys said so hey i just i got lucky and happed upon it (laughs) and um on new music spotify god we give them so much pub um on that playlist i mean and honestly i didn't even like see it on the list and go like ooh, like it just came up next 
and it just happened to be them. And I was like, oh, hey, babe, look up. It's, uh, it's John Rule and Ashanti. She's like, uh, why? <laughs> she wanted me to change it. I was like, no, we, we, we must hear Jaw's verse. Like, I've been asking, where's Jaw? He finally yeah, shows himself, you know. <laughs> I got to listen. All right. Um, also have new music if people want to check out the... Yeah, we're going to find out how Spotify can, like, sponsor us or yeah. something. Uh, <laughs> new Music Friday. Uh, there's new music from... Who looks familiar on here to me? Uh, g Easy. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I heard a couple of his songs. Uh, John Legend has a new song. Uh, well, a couple of new songs. I saw a couple of them mm. on there. Um, who else? Uh, YG and 21 Savage. Uh, okay. okay. Well, no, because uh, <laughs> 21 Savage, and I mean, I know rapping involves talking, but that sounds like that's all he's doing. He just, like, someone put him in the studio and was like, hey, read this. And he and he read it. Like, there's no inflection. <laughs> there's nothing. And I mean, like, that's when I finally, I was like, yeah, I, I know I don't like him because he's talking. That's all he's doing. He's saying a speech, an Easter speech. <laughs> just reciting a poem. With no uh, inflection. And this guy is like Drake bought him a Ferrari. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well, that means he didn't have to buy it himself. Hey. Maybe that was the goal. So I need along. to get I need to get in the studio and start talking. That's what I need to start doing. <laughs> Make these podcasts rhyme. And put a knife on your face. Yeah. Oh he did that? The the tattoo that's in the middle I've of I've never his seen face. him. Oh. Well oh, no wait, I have seen him, but I didn't I just he looked weird, you know, so Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I thought I saw a Bruno Mars song, uh, but that says Bruno Major, and I'm pretty sure that's not his real name either. Mm-mm. No. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, as we also like to mention the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100, it is still Black Beatles. Nice. I started getting to that uh, song. People are still doing the mannequin challenge out here. Mm-hmm. I wonder when that's going to get old. <laughs> uh, um, I think you, it's going to peak at Christmas. Yeah. I think someone will do one with Santa, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> Wait, has Donald Trump done one yet? That's when it'll stop no, being cool. I know Hillary did that's one. Cool. Okay. Yeah, when Donald, yeah, because she had Bon Jovi in hers, right? John Bon Jovi? I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah he's so great. Um, yeah, no, When I think when Donald Trump does one with, like, his friends, if he has any... Um, Speaking of which, did you see that story? Nobody wants to play his inauguration. Uh, uh, did he ask Ted Nugent yet? Well, you know what? That's funny because um, apparently his representative said that Elton John, yes, Elton John, they said was going to be playing it. And Elton John was like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. <laughs> he like denied it like vehemently. I'm not playing don't it. And he says, why don't you go get Ted Nugent? <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Or he'll want to. <laughs> yeah, like I guess they were saying in the story, he was trying to look more pro, you know, LGBTQ by saying that Elton John's gonna play this. It's like really, really, bruh? Like Elton John? Mm-mm. He could get Kanye. I guess he kind of could. Yeah, yeah. If if Kanye if wants he, to, you know, if yeah. he's gotten some sleep, though. Yeah, I would hate for him to wake up and, and like you know, some imposter Kanye. <laughs> Who's out there trying to ruin his career? But yeah, I guess he could get Kanye. But yeah, nobody wants to play it. Yeah, I think they've been asking. Nobody's, you know, he's yeah. gonna be stuck with Ted Nugent. Yeah, he'll just get up there and play like Cat Scratch Fever and 
Stranglehold. He has to play it three or four times. Yeah, he'll so. just play those two songs over and over. <laughs> he'll come back out and play it again for an encore. <laughs> yeah. I think they even tried to get, like, the Rolling Stones. Like, nobody is... Yeah. And any song, apparently, he's tried to use for his campaign, he's used it once. And they've been like, don't ever use it again. <laughs> So yeah. Well, you know what song I thought he was going to use, and and Brandy, you, I don't know if you may agree with this. Um, the song, um, well, I think it was Hulk Hogan's theme. I am a real, real American. American. Oh, that would have been perfect. I am a real American. Yeah, that would have been perfect. I thought that would have been his theme song. Oh my that god! Been hilarious. <laughs> Why? I almost want a time machine just to go back and suggest it. <laughs> Because, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Hulk might be a supporter and, like, come yeah. out there, rip his shirt, you know? Do the whole nine. Oh, God. Maybe he'll play the inauguration, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> or whoever, whoever. Yeah, who did, did this? Yeah, because he didn't do the song. Yeah, who did? Uh, we got to find that I don't out. Know who did the song. <laughs> Get that guy. Even he doesn't like Trump. He's like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and, uh, well, we also. Um, okay, another thing we want to bring up were the top albums from New Music Express, the top albums of 2016. There's still a month left. Yeah, I don't like when they do that. I don't know if there'll be any major releases. Well, I mean, we just had one. I mean, well... <laughs> yeah, the weekend, yeah. Okay, so they'll have to do it again next week. <laughs> I mean, I would throw... I don't know who else is releasing anything this year, but I hate when people make those lists. Like, just wait. Like, wait a month. It's okay. Um, wait till January 1st yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> and do yeah. it then but yeah I mean you know uh, spoiler alert um, the 1975 have the number one album according to them for the year which is not a bad record I've listened to it not all of it but I've listened to it it's called I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It um, no surprise that it's a British band um, with New Music Express since they are um, heavily heavily British biased um and then, like, number two is Kanye's The Life of Pablo. Number three, Christine and the Queens, uh, for Skepta. Um, and then, of course, an album that we've talked about a lot on here, Catronada's 99.9%, which is a, it's a pretty good album, if I do say so myself, um, is in at number five. So um, although the rest of the list is does have a lot of British or UK, I should say, influence, they've got some pretty good, some good selections on here. So uh, I think it's worth a check. Um I did see in the comments somebody was upset that Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande did not make it. Um, I've yet to listen to that entire album, so I don't know if it, how deserving it was. Um, it didn't really strike me as much more than, and, and I guess because she suffers from, she's starting to suffer from the Beyonce syndrome. She's putting out too much music. And um, I think it's getting to the point where it's people people are like, eh, why don't you just like wait a little bit in between your records? I think she's putting out like an album a year at this point. And um, the the material is getting watered down. Like I don't think that was a bad album, but it's just like overkill, man. Like, slow down, slow down. All right. Um, yeah. We also so, yeah. we forgot Leonard Cohen. Oh yeah. Well, there, we, we're getting to that. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't. I thought you were going into the. Excuse me. Excuse me. We're getting into that. So uh, I was reading your body language. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, uh, Leonard Cohen uh, also passed. He is the author of one of the I don't know how if it's the one of the most covered ever but it's a lot of people have done mm-hmm. have 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 uh, covered his song Hallelujah 
and uh, uh, Reese, well, it entered his version of it, his mm-hmm. own version, entered the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time. Do you know if it was his studio version or was it one of his many live versions where he, apparently he does it differently every single time? Well, he got, he doesn't he have like 75 verses? Oh yeah, there's a ton of verses <laughs> and he's verses. done, he changes it every time and he's done some versions I've heard up to like 12 minutes live. And he just like throws in all these verses. Um, there was one that I have that I'm particularly fond of that he did on one of his live albums. Um, that was just absolutely beautiful. I believe it was the one that they used on Watchmen um, during the love scene between Owl and the Silver Spectra. Um, and I remember um, the the director, Zack Snyder, said he wanted to use it because it sounded ridiculous. And the love scene itself was ridiculous. So he wanted a song <laughs> that was equally as as ridiculous. But it's a really good version. And um, But I don't, I don't even know if I've ever heard his actual studio version. Because he had to switch record labels when he did it. It, says it, it must be the, the first studio version of it, uh, it's according to the article from, this is from Forbes. Okay. Uh, it was downloaded 33,000 times hmm. for the week ending November 17th. And it has appeared in the Hot 100 several times, and it, there's more than 300 cover versions. And... Most recently, there's a version with Justin Timberlake, Matt Morris, and Charlie Sexton that was performed on MTV's Hope for Haiti Now. Hmm. Uh, there is also uh, a cover version from Lee DeWise from American Idol, Matthew Schuler from The Voice, and Jordan Smith from The Voice. And- <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I know what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. And earlier this month, um, Ben's favorite acapella group, Pentatonix. They, they did a cover. <laughs> they did a cover of it. It I'm, reached the top forty earlier this month. Huh. And um, my favorite version of it is by Jeff. Is from Jeff Buckley mm-hmm. that never entered the Hot 100. And oddly enough, um, shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, as if he'll ever listen to this on his podcast, Revisionist History. He talked about how Jeff Buckley's version is a cover of a cover. Like, it's not a cover of the actual um, Hallelujah by um, Leonard Cohen. It's a cover of a cover that he heard, um, which I found very interesting. I wish I could remember who um, it was a cover by. Yeah. So, But I was laughing because um, Nickelback Light, a.k.a. Theory of a Dead Man, also covered it. <laughs> um, and it was interesting, to say the least. And I'll leave it at that. It didn't sound like that Oh Holy Night. Uh, no, God, not that okay. bad. No, no. Oh, God. That was tragic. <laughs> that was just tragic. Um, and one thing I want to... Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've, uh, I've seen Brandon post about this. Uh, with the with independent producers, you know, trying to get your name out there, a lot of it... Do you, Well, Brandon, does a lot of it have to do with, uh, with word of mouth? You know, I know you're... If people are putting stuff out, you know, putting on SoundCloud or YouTube or any other place where you can um, get your get your beats heard, uh, is it for after that? Is it like word of mouth or as far as like how do how about uh, like you said with connecting with people? Yes, 
Um, as in, in my experience, it's literally been all word of mouth, just all word of mouth. Um, from from say maybe me sliding my link into the the uh, childish Gambino fan base uh, <laughs> forum there from there, and uh, I've worked I've worked with a, a rapper from there by the way too, uh, QJ of all Bill. Okay, I've worked with him. He's a he's that's besides that's beside the point. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> all word of mouth. Um, I can remember, I can remember constantly posting onto my my YouTube and my SoundCloud, and maybe maybe getting a listen or two a day. Okay, and then uh, how familiar you guys are with uh, YouTube personalities, but one I'm a big fan of is the uh, the Black Hokage formerly known as uh, Modern War Negro on YouTube. He has a gaming channel. Um, not one, for, not for, I'm not familiar with him. But uh, he's fairly popular on YouTube. But um, some years ago, he had, uh, I guess, I guess he had like a moment within his career where he was just reaching out to people uh, saying, send me music, send me music if you want to be heard. And he used one of my beats at the end of one of his videos. And after that, after that, for like three months straight, all of my lessons shot right up. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay. Um, of so... course, that tapered off after a while, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was uh, very well needed. Well, what I... a moment where I, I almost stopped. Okay. Hmm. All right. Um, uh, well, speaking of like YouTube and and you know with SoundCloud, uh, and I saw you I saw you post something about uh, this on Facebook. For me, when I uh, I work I work in a radio station, and sometimes we have to um, we have to use. Uh, YouTube or or SoundCloud to play like an instrumental version of of something um, for if you know if the show if they want a music bed or something like that or we're using for um, uh, one of our local spots commercial something like that and with searching on um, on those sites I keep seeing like insert rapper here type beat mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not them or like one of their songs mm-hmm. it's supposed to sound like one of their songs hmm. and yeah and they uh, have like the picture of the rapper yeah <laughs> like it's all it's it's misleading um mm-hmm. i guess the, you know if you click on it like oh wait this isn't this isn't what i was looking for but it counts as a listen mm-hmm. for that particular <laughs> for that views. particular profile <laughs> um so uh, i guess brain if you could further elaborate on like if it's like if it's a bad idea or or if it's misleading or you know how you feel about it in general it's a good and bad idea for it's good because it gives it gives the producer or musician a chance to i would say exercise their talent uh try and get into the space of whoever whoever made 
whoever made the track or beat that they're trying to emulate, trying to gather their their thought process on something. The problem with that is that a lot of people get wrapped up in trying to sound like someone else and they lose themselves in the midst of it. Yeah, that's... that's mm-hmm. We have the recycled sound that is ever so prevalent today. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what... Uh, it's kind of the same thinking as far as okay, yeah, it kind of sounds like this it will be for this kind of artist but what makes you stand out as a producer like that's that's the question like what what would make people want to work with you if you're just trying to okay yeah you made this and it sounds like this guy um that doesn't uh it doesn't it, I, it, I, I think eventually it doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. you if you're just able to sound like another person um so uh I, I I do see it a lot. Um the most common artist I see, like for the insert artist type beat, the most common artist I see is like Bryson Tiller for some reason. Oh. I see a lot of oh, Bryson yeah. Tiller type beats. Tons of those. <laughs> I low trap that's about. <laughs> um well, I mean that's, yeah, that's getting very it, popular yeah. though. I mean if you think about it, I, I feel like Party Next Door is kinda like a is it, I feel like him and Bryson Tiller are one and the same almost like that slow down trap beat that you can kind of sing to, you can kind of rap to. You can kind of rap to it. Yeah. It's like, you can do, you can do either and make your girl feel nice. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it it has its place. Yeah. (laughs) It has its place. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, every now and then I go home and listen to a couple of Bryson Tiller tracks. I'm not going to lie, but, um, I feel like, well, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Bryson Tiller, but I feel like that's one of those, you, you go and like, you sit and cry in the dark. No, yeah, it's very it. depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very depressing. It's like the light switch on and off. Yeah. Are <laughs> yes. you just like, you know, um, while looking at a picture of your ex, you know, crying and writing her a love letter that you'll never deliver? Yeah. Bryson Tiller. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is going to uh, do it for our music news segment, and uh, I guess without further ado, we'll get to Ben's earworm of the week. Yeah, the name of the band is is Royal Tusk, and uh, the name of the song is Not So Fast. And once again, shout out to Spotify. Give me this one. (laughs) All right. Here is Not So Fast by Royal Tusk. Eventually. (laughs) Hold on just a moment. No, we get this queued up and we're going to try this again. (laughs) Not So Fast by Royal Tusk. Cover. Mm-hmm. 
That is Not So Fast by Royal Tusk from their album Deal Breaker. And you can find that song along with our other earworms from our playlist BTTYHT Earworms, which is on Spotify. Sponsor us. Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to call them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, if you heard our the first song that started the podcast it is teddy's jam 2 by guy um that is that was kind of my introduction to teddy riley i think i was six years old and i was in this talent show when i lived in oklahoma Mm -hmm. and it was very weird is that it was a lot of um it was all the like elementary schools in the area and everyone had like groups that were doing something where they were singing or dancing. And there was one group, I don't know what school they were from. Um, and uh, But I know they did um, like a dance routine to that song. <laughs> and everyone went like crazy. Um, or if it was, if they didn't do a dance routine, it was like a, it was like a tap dance routine. Because uh, <laughs> there, there was a lot of like, uh, dance routines. Uh, one group, I think the the tap dance group did it to the. Uh, they did their their song was uh, the Bartman. Oh God! <laughs> oh nice! Oh God! Um, and there were some there were some double Dutch groups in there too. Oh God, we're showing our age here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, um, yeah, that was kind of my introduction to um, to to Teddy Riley. Uh, I didn't know what the song was because it wasn't. I didn't know it that I didn't think it was a single for the longest time. Then I found mm-hmm. that it actually was a single. There's a music video for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just really like the, the sound of it and how it was put together and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's my favorite song that he's 
uh, that he's produced. It's yeah. my favorite song by a guy, and it's like mainly an instrumental. <laughs> but um, uh, so, of course, we are talking about Teddy Riley, his production, his songwriting, and how um, he is he is the the face of of uh, a genre. Yeah, really. <laughs> Um, of course, talking about New Jack Swing. Um, so, uh, well, uh, Brandon, I wanted to bring this up to you because I know I know you're a fan of his, and then you told me that he is your favorite producer uh, ever of all time. All time of all time. <laughs> so, um, what's your intro? What was your introduction to to Teddy Riley? Uh, I would have to say. Uh, the first the first song I heard from Guy repeatedly was Groove Me. And I remember as a kid hearing it over and over and over again and hearing my parents. Interestingly enough, my parents grew up with lead singer Aaron Hall, oh. which is interesting. Oh, whoa. Cool. <laughs> Apparent, apparently he introduced them. I'm not sure how true that is, but uh, and he's... Later on down the line, I did meet him, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I did. I introduced your parents, man. It's cool meeting you." And stuff. <laughs> but like, instantly hearing "Groove Me" over and over again, uh, there was something about that New Jack Swing bop. You know the bop. Yeah, it, it has like a certain the swing to it. The the like, and um. I would say another Teddy Riley memory of mine would be uh, my parents are very big fans of the gospel group, the Winans. Mm -hmm. And he produced a song called It's Time for them. Right. And had this live, they had this live, um, this live concert where he appeared on it and uh, he rapped his verse on it and he just looked like so cool. <laughs> like he had the all black suit with the very pronounced shoulder pad mm. and the sunglasses and stuff. He was cool. Well, that was the, I think that was the early nineties, right? That was like 1990, mm -hmm. probably. <laughs> That's brave to wear sunglasses on stage. I've tried that. It's not safe. It's not, <laughs> it's not safe at all. But, oh man. No, that I didn't know. I didn't know he, um, I didn't know he worked with the Winans. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, well, we, of course, um, through Spotify again. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe it's gone. I thought I had the uh, the song on here. Oh, the wine. Oh, maybe might be, uh, Yeah, the, the song that he did with the wine, it's called It's Time. They might be fighting for higher royalties from uh, Spotify, obviously. Oh, you know what? It's gone. Uh, there's only the karaoke version. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> that won't be on the list. That we that, that won't be on the Spotify list as far as uh, his productions. Um, I just added uh, during the show. I've been adding what he's also done with Guy and, mm. and, and Black Street, yeah. only because I, I wanted to focus on more on the production rather than his performance. performance yeah, but mm -hmm. it, uh, it's it's all one and the same. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 all good. So <laughs> I added those two. Okay. Um, well, Ben, do you have a? a, a uh, an introduction to New Jack Swing, Teddy Riley. I'd say, well, there's there's three. So, in doing you know the research on this, 
um, I didn't realize that my first, so I'll, I'll say art, my first conscious introduction was Blackstreet. All the work that he did with Blackstreet, because um, when I was young, I listened to whatever my sister listened to. And she listened to a lot of R&B, and she had, um, I heard the Blackstreet singles from their first album on the radio, um, but then she bought Another Level the, um, with, you know, No Diggity. Um, basically, I think that was their biggest their biggest album. That was my introduction to him, um, hearing him sing on No Diggity, um, hearing all the songs that they did. I think um, the song they did with Slash and Fishbone, Fix, um, was a single from that. That was my first conscious introduction to him. My first unconscious introduction, what I didn't know, was Keith Sweat's Make It Last Forever. Um, and I won her. I didn't realize when I went back, I was like, oh crap, I used to be a huge Keith Sweat fan <laughs> coming up, not realizing that, yeah, that that's all New Jack Swing music, not realizing that. Um, that's the New Jack Swing beat. Um, and then, of course, my other, my first infatuation with him, of course, was the Dangerous album by Michael Jackson, which um, after discovering um, all of the Michael Jackson cassettes that my mom and my sister had, um, and then when Dangerous came out, you know, make my mom take me to the store and get it and listening. And that was that was a New Jack Swing album as well. All of those beats. And that really, like I was telling you earlier, that really shaped Michael Jackson's sound for the 90s. Right. All of his songs after that, it was like he couldn't let go. He found this new thing called New Jack Swing and he was going to, um, you know, he was going to do like the character from of Mice and Men, just squeeze it to death. Like he just loved <laughs> New Jack Swing that much. Um and so, like, that was my first infatuation. Like, I think the song, like, the title track, Dangerous, um, was one of my favorites. Jam, of course, the video he had with uh, Michael Jordan, ironically named Jam. You know, Tater Riley produced it. He threw that, he threw that in there. <laughs> um, and then I also read that I think Joy was supposed to be on that album, but it wasn't. But, like, just those, you know, those three instances, you know, Another Level by Blackstreet, um, Make It Last Forever by Keith Sweat, and then Dangerous by Michael Jackson. Those were my my forays into one Mr. Teddy Riley. All right. Um, for uh, a list of some other artists that he's worked with, uh, one thing, one that I didn't know, and it's a song I, you know, everyone's heard this song, Wild Wild West by Kumo D. Yeah, that he was, was him. He produced that. What? Um, and also his, well, I think one of his first ones that he did was Go See the Doctor by Kumo D, huh. which is actually... Yeah, that song's pretty funny. <laughs> about catching an SCD. The very, very few funny songs about catching an SCD. Um, he's worked with Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. He's worked with uh, Mary J. Blige, MC Hammer, mm -hmm. um, New Kids on the Block on the 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 face to music. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> they were in KOTB. Uh, if you listen to that album, that song was probably like six years too soon. <laughs> Six, seven years too soon. Oh, God. People weren't ready for that. <laughs> um, it's actually like it was like critically panned and like it's just because it's some white guy singing R&B, but it's actually it's actually not bad. Release that thing now. Double platinum. Yes. <laughs> <Overnight>. <laughs> um, also, uh, let's see. You got Cisco, uh, Snoop Dogg, SWV. And uh, well, of course, he was on the song. Um uh, with Rex in effect. Yeah. Uh, and, and Heavy D, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and Big Daddy Kane. And Bobby Brown. Yeah. Boys to Men, you know. Um, so, uh, 
I guess the Brandon, the I guess the question would be like what what makes Teddy Riley great to you? It's a number of things. It's um, Teddy Riley incorporates a sort of almost gospel feel into his songs. Mm-hmm. It's where, which is why a lot of if you would ask like any black church musician, anything about Teddy Riley, they'll probably like go on for days about it. But he <laughs> incorporates a lot of like gospel chords and transitions into it, which gives it that soul. And then of course, it's, it's the swing in the new jack swing, man. Mm-hmm. It's like you hear it, you gotta move. Yeah. Or at least bop. All right. Um, I think uh, for me, like, yeah, it's, it is that um, from what he, uh, from, from hearing the music, like, yeah really like any black church musician <laughs> playing like that plays the keyboard specifically yeah. to me mm-hmm. um like yeah keyboard specific yeah. yeah um he's i think he's all he may be the last black person that i saw play a guitar um <laughs> 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 uh, that that's the that's the first thing that just popped in my head when i said that but um <laughs> yeah, it, it, like you, you get that to where it's a it's a little bit of, um, you know, it may take some, you know, have some improvisation. And I think also part of that, as far as like that, um, that sound in the church, I think part of that is comes from listening to like, um, like late 70s, like mid 70s, like something like like Parliament or, or mm-hmm. Funkadelic or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, Zap and Roger. Yeah. Um, he does, he does use the, the, uh, talk uh, box. Talk box. Yeah. Well, there's talk also like, head, but, yeah, there's, there's heavy jazz influence in there too. Yeah. Um, tons of syncopation and the way he hits his chords. Um, and I'd almost like to compare him to another famous producer from that era, um, writer and producer, Babyface. Babyface is a lot more was a lot his his um the way in which he played his chords on on keyboard were very straightforward very ahead whereas Teddy Riley almost was more like a like a an, a bebop era jazz musician jazz piano player where he would kind of throw in chords kind of sprinkle them in there very sparse and very syncopated to where it was like the keyboard almost was like even if it was the main instrument it was in there to add color it's a very beautiful thing that he did. All right, so we gotta, as you know, when we talk about these these things, we gotta play something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's uh, what's uh, what's an example of 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 what you just mentioned? Oh God, no, you put me on the spot. Um, yeah, come back to me. I gotta think about that. All right, okay. How about you, Brandon? Uh, right off the top of my head, it would have to be Keith Sweat. I want her. Yeah. The- the syncopated chords and you know the birth of the orchestral hit all over the place yeah that was one of those sounds like that yeah that yeah <laughs> that sound right there yep. that was the first time I, I, I heard something like that yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna second that yes <laughs> I want her 
what's interesting is that like um with <laughs> I guess with this song like okay Keith Sweat has a very distinctive voice mm-hmm. um and you know and he's also worked with someone like an Aaron Hall yeah has another very distinctive voice do you think that um I really think that like working with different kinds of vocalists that you probably wouldn't hear otherwise uh kind of help this sound his sound along mm-hmm. really to where um it wasn't just um to where you he had you had to have like you had to sound a certain way to make his music go i think yeah um you know i think that's what makes a song like this very like definitely stick out and it's also a, like a different kind of um there's there's a certain tempo to it like it had like kind of a yeah there's like gospel elements and mm-hmm. jazz elements but it also had like kind of a a certain it had a hip hop feel to it mm-hmm. as far as like mm-hmm. um as far as like the tempo it wasn't like just a pop it wasn't like a pop tempo mm-hmm. to where that people would dance to it, had, it was it was something different to where um you know there would be that you would dance differently to it it's funky yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, you definitely have something like that to, and then using different different sounds like that, like that, we call it orchestral. The hit orchestral hit, yeah, the orchestral, which is a part of that FL studio that he's talking about. <laughs> he's talking about. Yeah. Oh and yeah. In fact, I, my first time coming in contact with with the orchestral hits, I remember my brother had like a cheap, uh, cheap keyboard, oh, yeah. and there was a setting for orchestral hits and. Like, I would just wail on that one setting all day. <laughs> playing, from trying to play Teddy Riley records to playing, trying to play the Mortal Kombat theme. <laughs> you know, the techno theme. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good time. Um, uh, and I think what another thing that, that kind of sticks out to me as far as Teddy Riley goes is not only did he have like these R&B songs but it was kind of like at the be the I guess kind of the beginning of of R&B and hip hop sounding a little more similar mm-hmm. um, to where it wasn't just separate and then and then you could have you know well now we know them as rap song collaborations <laughs> but have r&b songs which may have rappers on them mm-hmm. or have rappers working with um with r&b producers um at least a little you mm-hmm. know well, uh, i mean even on dangerous that album um correct me if i'm wrong that was that was really the start of when that was the first time michael jackson had rappers on his album like he had um in jam he had um that wasn't that wasn't the first time. That wasn't who was who else rapped with him? Um, uh, Vincent Price rapped on. Tour. Oh, I guess if you call that a rap, <laughs> if you call I that mean, a, those were performed. I, I did, okay, fine. Yeah, I guess we can say <laughs> he's not wrong. I'm only, I'm only saying that because like in the I saw it like if you watch the video, uh, the thriller video, mm-hmm. 
it says uh, rap, rap oh, by God. Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, God. Vincent Price was the first rapper on a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> Did he work with any rappers before that? I can't think. I don't, of... I don't think so. No, like, I'm trying to think. Like, no one rapped on. There was no remix to Billie Jean, so. Yeah. No. At but, least not not until the, yeah. was that the 25th anniversary that, yeah. that Kanye remixed, I think. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Because uh, Akon remixed my favorite Michael Jackson song, I Want to Be Starting Something. Um, yeah. I, and that's and totally off topic, but just to say, I do think that if Michael Jackson were around today, all of his songs would have remixes. Like, there'd just be so many remixes, um, and you'd have all the biggest rappers in the world trying to get on that Michael Jackson <laughs> remix. Yeah, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Um, but, uh, well, back to with, uh, with R and B and hip hop sounding Mm -hmm. even more similar, I think a a guy who, who kind of brought that, um, who, uh, who made that possible. And it's because of someone like a Teddy Riley is Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Teddy Riley didn't do, uh, every little step that was babyface, but (laughs) it had, it had, um, um, it had him rapping on it, mm-hmm. and it it totally it seemed like a totally normal thing. And uh, then there's also my prerogative, which I don't not I don't think he rapped on, but it still had that same. I don't think he did, yeah, but it had that same, yeah, that feel, yeah, that, yeah, that, that same, same feel, feel to it, yeah. He did. Um, well, I don't think he did. Never mind. I was thinking he did. Um, on our own, but I don't think I don't think Teddy Riley did that one, did he? That was Babyface. That was Babyface also. He was rapping. <laughs> he had bars. Um, and this was kind of like the first, uh, even though he had came out with an album before, this is the album that put Bobby Brown, that made him like mm-hmm. a superstar. And, and and then this song, and then Britney Spears ruined it. Which oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> was... Which, is, if I'm not mistaken, was also produced by Teddy Riley. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, but not the Britney Spears version. <laughs> no, I think yeah. The no, Britney he Spears did. Version was produced by uh, Teddy Riley. Uh, 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 I hey, didn't. I didn't put it on our list. Hey, a, a check's a check, <laughs> I guess. You know. <laughs> um, I think it was worth. Okay, we're well, going to do one of my songs. You know. Um, oh, why? But uh, I think this is like. I think he had done a couple of songs. Like I said, he worked with Kumo D and um, he had, and then like Guy had an album out uh, at the time. But I think this song put him on the map as far as being a producer. Um, or would y'all think it was something else? Mm, I mean, I'm trying to think which one came out first. Was it this one or was it Every Little Step You Take? Because I mean, he was, I want to, I'm trying to think well, like that, his career that was after. Baby though. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm thinking just like what made Bobby Brown, but no, this, yeah, no, this. I'm talking about what, uh, like, yeah, Teddy Riley. Teddy yeah. Riley on the map as a producer. No, yeah, definitely, I agree. Yeah, I got, I got a confusing right question. After that, Bobby Brown shot, shot straight up. Oh yeah, um, but from what I found, I think is this the only song from "Don't Be Cruel" that he produced? I don't know. Let's check the credits here. Um. I really felt like that was the only one. The self-proclaimed um, king and of he, R&B. He worked on the next album, but uh, he worked on the next album. But I think that was the only song from 
Let's see here. A certified R&B classic right there, man. Um, you know what? Uh, he technically isn't on the album at all, Teddy Riley. I think he was just in the sessions. Even. Involved in the sessions. That may be it, <laughs> but I don't. I don't think he was. He's technically not a producer on the album or songwriter on the album. But because he played on it, he he played keyboard. Okay. Yeah. Well, I added to the list. It, he he still gets credit to me for it. And he did some, he did some mixing as well. Yeah, he he did. He played keys and he did some mixing. So his his fingerprints were all over the album, basically. Also, looking at the credits now, I see. I see Gene Griffin, which was his partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's he. He was he was there. Uh, well, if you just look at the credits, he was there in spirit, but he was actually there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that's why I went. I, I included it, and I think he was he in the video too. I wouldn't be surprised like if that was, was him up on stage playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, Good old yeah. uh, did you ever have the desire to play the guitar, Brandon? <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> that, I think every time I walk into Guitar Center, I kind of talk myself out of buying one. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> like I have to talk myself out of buying one because it's like I want it so bad, but. What am I going to do with it that I can't do with a regular keyboard? Look like a boss. It does. <laughs> you you can't. Yeah, you can't. Like you can't stand up and 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 dance oh, on god. stage if you want, man. Oh god, I um I saw Edgar <laughs> Winter. It's different. No, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. No, I I say no. It is different. It's different. It, it it definitely goes on my my list of top five coolest instruments. I think what, like, um, if anyone, like, you know, make sure it's, it's public, but if you see our list, since now we can make our own um, playlist art on I Spotify, like uh, of course, it's a picture of Teddy Riley with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ones that are, the ones where, like, okay, this is this is cheating, is uh, people who just had a keyboard uh, with the with the strap, with the, with the, um, with like a guitar strap, mm-hmm. as if it was a guitar, but it's a regular keyboard. Well, I saw Edgar Winter do that actually, um, <laughs> and he had like it wasn't one of those like small synth keyboards. Like he had a full on like eighty eight keys, like old <laughs> oh, man. gray man, like he's about to hurt his back <laughs> trying to play free ride. <laughs> like stop it, man! Sit down. You're old. Yeah. Um. Uh. One what once I didn't know was produced by him, but I think it was because let's see, this was before this was before um, before Dangerous. He actually produced twenty three hundred Jackson Street. Hold on, hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. That I, that I didn't know. See now, hold on a second, because <laughs> I know Quincy Jones suggested him. Let me look again, but I'm pretty sure he produced that, and it was like the album is considered the album. Yeah, is he's cons- on there. Wow. Yeah, he's a he's a producer. 
but he is considered a um I mean the the album is considered a, a new Jack Swing album. The twenty three hundred Jackson Street album and it was yeah. before Dangerous. Um Huh, so yeah. cause okay, that's funny. Well, he wasn't on the album that's okay. That that makes a little bit of sense. He wasn't on the record. Um Michael Jackson wasn't. But because I remember I was when I was reading up on the sessions, um, Quincy Jones had to convince Michael Jackson to use him. Um, so I guess maybe his brothers were familiar with him, but you know, Michael Jackson, the king of pop at the time, was not. Well, Michael is on. He's on this song, but it's the only song that he was on. Yeah. But hmm. um, yeah. So this was this was this was a another one that that was kind of new to me, but. Um, it's the only song I know of from this album. Also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? Is this on? The, is it? Did you put this on the playlist? Yeah. Nice. I did. I might jam to this later. I had to. <laughs> um. So, uh, as previously mentioned, um, he shaped Michael Jackson, '90s Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh yeah. After After Dangerous. Every that that was the Michael Jackson sound. Like everything that Michael Jackson did after that, I would even say almost through Invincible, which came out in like 2001, I believe, mm-hmm. kind of had a new yeah. Jack swing to it. Even though he started working with um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um, you could still hear the influence. Like I, I know that's who there, did Scream. There are two songs from Invincible produced by him. By uh, Taylor Riley. Yeah, Heaven okay. Can Wait in 2000 Watts. Okay. Because I know his, um, I think You Rock My World was um, was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, if not Dark Child. I can't remember. That, that, that was Dark Child. But I know his lead, the lead song on the record, um, I believe was Jimmy Jam. And, let me look that up again. Um, Invincible, the title track, um, featuring a verse from Biggie, um, who was deceased at the time. Hmm. Um, actually became like my favorite song from the record. My sister bought it for me. Um as a birthday present when I was younger. Um, and remember that song was really, let me look that up real quick. Well, while you're, while you're getting Very to underrated it, album, I, I agree. Um, Sony didn't, Sony didn't really push it though. So, I mean, was that's why it kind of, it, yeah, they didn't really okay. push it. So it flopped, um, Jackson and Jerkin. So it was also dark child. So I think a lot of people felt that I, well, a lot of critics felt that with invincible, it sounded like, dangerous it sounded like history Mm -hmm. so there wasn't really any change yeah they felt that there were no changes made i felt there were enough changes made i mean it's a span of 10 years but i i felt that there was there was like like it's just a remix of his other songs it doesn't really sound Mm -hmm. like that to me didn't tell me that (laughs) but especially butterflies like that was my second favorite track from that album and that song was beautiful. Like, I, I don't I know. Like, that's the most quote unquote R and B Michael Jackson song I've heard. Oh before. yeah. When yeah. you think of cliche R and B and stuff, I just, when it comes to Michael Jackson, I think of Butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was that was written by Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah, poetry, poetry, right? Poetry. Yeah. And she. Uh, I think on her first solo album, she did the song herself. Yeah, too. I thought I heard them cover it. I was like, I didn't know if it was a demo or if it was just them singing it. But yeah, you could tell like his Teddy Riley's influence from Dangerous was all over um, 
all over that album. And I think honestly, like when I would listen, when I watch documentaries about Michael Jackson and his writing process, because he wasn't necessarily a musician, he would sing parts to musicians and have them play it out for him. Mm-hmm. I think the the new Jack Swing style really fit the way he liked to write. And I think that's one of the reasons he really gravitated towards it once he worked with them. Um, and like, especially when you watch, um, from my age again, the Oprah special that he did where he was like singing, who am I? Uh, who, not who am I? That's the Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> who is it? Um, and he was kind of going through how the song was like, it just really fit with his, it fit with his style. Um, so it was almost like Michael Jackson and, and, and Teddy Riley were like a match made in musical heaven, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, well, as previously mentioned, like he's worked with R&B singers and rappers. Um, what? Well, I guess. Do you think that there was a? I feel like there was kind of like that rapper mentality or kind of like persona as far as they, how they present themselves so as far as with guy mm-hmm. uh, to where to where like that was. It seemed like it's. It really feels like a seamless transition from R and B to hip hop as far as his production went. Yeah. Um, to where those were songs to where someone could actually rap over those two. Agreed. Um, Brandon, do you get do you get that kind of same uh, feeling like as far as like listening to something something by Guy from something from their self titled album or from the future to where like these could be rap songs too oh definitely but say in fact most of them have a verse of teddy rapping somewhere on it <laughs> right anyway but um even if you go to anything he's done with like say heavy d heavy d would always have an r&b singer on the on the hook and then heavy d comes in with the the lyrics and the bars and so i think I think that that was his niche, being able to to mix both rounds together so well. Okay. Um, what's also interesting to me is that not all, not only with okay, say it was R and B and hip hop, but he also and that his songs weren't necessarily pop, but as far as like they weren't what pop was looked at at the time, Mm-mm. and what mm-hmm. and then with his production, those songs became. Uh, those it became pop. the new pop, yeah. <laughs> it became the, the new pop, like with someone like a, with someone like Michael Jackson, uh, with with Heavy D. Um, one of the songs that I didn't know until I watched the the unsung about High Five, <laughs> he wrote "I Like the Way." Really? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Um, yeah, and that that was one that was interesting to me because, uh, that was like their that was like their first single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's these new guys, um, that he, uh, that he worked with and he, he, he wrote them a hit. So it was kind of like that. Um, uh, I feel like when, once that happens, like one time with, with someone, like they always say that they're a uh, hit maker. I don't know. I, I've been watching too much love and hip hop, but anyway, um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, like the producer says, like, oh yeah, we got we got all these hits. Like I have never heard any of these songs that you're talking about. Um, wow! But uh, I mean, that was that was uh, number one on the Hot 100. So that is 
that was, um, I mean, you can go back to Bobby Brown a little bit with that, but that was the new, that was the new pop, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, those kinds of songs and, and kind of just went off from there. Like, I feel like in the, um, he's only worked actually with a, I'm only seeing a handful of rappers on this list. I got heavy D, uh, he did one song with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Which song? Um, it's called I'm Looking for the One. Okay, I didn't know if it was yeah. a single or not, the way you were looking. <laughs> that was a single. Hold on. What what song? I'm Looking for the One. I don't think I'm familiar with it. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking of like a, uh, a big the, one. Uh, it's a Will Smith song, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was on the Code Red album, I, which I think is the last one they did together. See, I don't think I'm as up yeah. on uh, Will Smith as I thought. Uh, the Fresh Prince, as I thought. It also sounds like it also sounds like another record he produced for LL Cool J, called yeah. um, I believe it was Stand By Your Man. Hmm. They almost sound identical. See this this music is one. this music is timeless. Like this music <laughs> is. Yeah. This has family reunion written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's see this. What is? This is Stand By Your Man. Very similar. Mm. Yeah, that's a different mix. Well, I'm, I'm listening also to Also, another interesting of Teddy Riley, he has tons of different mixes for every song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. I saw the, um, I don't know how long it's been up, but looking at Guy's catalog, uh, their first, the first album, there's like an ex- a special edition with like... <laughs> Six, six extended versions. It's song. like the whole album again, but longer. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that was a time where I still don't know what they mean. I feel like it, it's a, I guess that's a vinyl thing. Yeah. Uh, but twelve the, inch versus twelve inch yeah. and the seven inch mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like on the album, Groove Me is four and a half minutes. Uh, the extended version is six minutes. Mm. So it'll be something like that. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, he's worked with, but the, he's only, he doesn't work with like a bunch of rappers, but if you look at who he's worked with, it's so, it's so varied. Um, I think now he's, there were two songs I found there, like K pop artists. I did, okay, that see, I, so I now now he's in Korea. Didn't yes. uncover, didn't uncover <laughs> that. That's crazy. Um, but uh, I guess as far as like what's, uh, Brandon, what's your favorite project from that Teddy Riley was involved with, either a song or or an album? I would say my my favorite my favorite would have to be the song is it good to you i think it was on the juice soundtrack yeah yeah and i believe there's a version where it's a heavy d song yeah but the version i'm talking about where it's just the lady i don't ever recall knowing the singer's name but it's just her singing it's uh singing the verse and chorus uh tammy lucas tammy lucas i have the the juice I would soundtrack. Say for, for me that's that's like one of the quintessential 
New Jack Swing, New Jack Swing song for me. Wasn't that in your top five? Was it? I um, think so. Let me let me check. I think when we did our top, top five, five yeah, I think Juice 90s was in there. soundtrack was Juice. Yes, Juice was on yeah. there. That was. Uh, I think that was number four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> number four of my top five ninety soundtracks. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I was thrown off a little. I didn't. I I I. Uh, I got the juice soundtrack at, at, at my local library. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, kids don't sleep on the local library. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's, go there. <laughs> um, I thought when I, I like I was later than it was like, Oh, I didn't know heavy D was on this soundtrack, but like he, I didn't hear heavy D at all. So I didn't <laughs> know that, um, like this song was actually first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this it's for him to be part of it. This is a juice is as much a, a hip hop soundtrack as it is a new Jack swing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Hall was also on here. And um, I think Teddy Riley was a producer on the on the soundtrack as well. So like, I think it, he's one of those he's one of those guys to where um he is where you have your fingerprints on. He has his fingerprints on a lot of things and a lot of things that people don't even know about. Um, I wanted to ask, like, I don't know anybody who's familiar with, who's familiar with the album at all, but um, I think it's probably the riskiest thing he had ever done is to Mm -hmm. work with new kids on the block. Oh, at the, at the time that, that he did. Um, I think, what made it work is that they wanted to work with him mm-hmm. and 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 he was good with working with them but uh i think that was that was work that was truly ahead of its time like it's what in sync became like five six years later <laughs> oh um, man if you look at if you if you take a look and truly like analyze like those like those like in sync hits, all of them are new jack swingish. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um uh, I want you back by in sync. That mm-hmm. that has that's that's a definitely a, a new jack swing sounding song to me. And uh they even I think on their first album they even did a cover of Just Got Paid. Yeah. Which he also produced. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um <laughs> But I wanted to give you guys an example of something that he reduced from New Kids on the Block. Like it's still like it still kind of blows me away that they made this and <laughs> and that it it wasn't it wasn't a hit. Like because it's and it's basically because it's white guys doing R and B and it kind of alienated their fans. <laughs> this is never let you go from from face to music and. It's it sounds part guy, part I'll be sure, uh, part key sweat, all that. I've never heard. Yeah, this is pretty smooth so far. I'm reading here that there's a rap by um, Donnie Wahlberg. So he's the rapper in the group, though. <laughs> he is the rapper in the group. They probably said, "Hey, can we get your brother?" And he was like, "I can rap." <laughs> I taught him how to rap. <laughs> you think <he> taught Marky? <laughs> Okay, yeah, this is 
Is that Joey singing the first verse? Um, because Joey's got that light voice. This no, that that, that sounds Jordan. That's, that's Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan is the. Yeah. Yeah. He's the 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 lead the quote unquote mm-hmm. lead singer. Every boy band has one. Yeah. <laughs> um. What there what I wanted to ask you about that that kind of it um. So I know you uh, you have you've posted about it before Brandon, and I'm excited to see it when it comes out. Is the new edition miniseries? Um, I feel oh, like yeah. that's happening. Yeah, yeah. See the the trailer. I don't the, really watch TV much, man. Oh well, yeah. The I well, I seen the trailer on. Um, they showed do their BET awards be with one of their BET awards. Um, and um, I've seen a couple of clips from Instagram uh, about it. Uh, man, I feel like Teddy Riley, a new edition was a missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. snap. Oh, snap. Okay. And I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I they, it comes out at the end of January. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I feel like, like they work with Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, maybe they would have if they were. Because I think that that was their last album until um, they made Home Again. But I feel like at like if they had made another one like a year later or two years later, Teddy Riley would have been there. I think Teddy Riley would have would have been in on that. I felt like that was a that because that never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's it's not like okay, we didn't see LeBron and Kobe in the finals. <laughs> kind of missed opportunity. <laughs> But it's still a missed opportunity. Yeah, I would I would have liked to um, to uh, hear what that would have sounded like, and I think it would have been a, a even like further progression of their sound because they were they were combining hip hop and R and B and pop mm-hmm. really when no one was doing it, um, and not really getting started. all the credit for it either. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so. And you're bringing up new kids on the block. I'm curious to see if they tackle that in the upcoming film. Yeah, um, I hope they because one of their uh, one of the songs from Heartbreak called like where it, where it started from mm-hmm. is about mm-hmm. them. It's about new kids on the block. It's like it's seriously like a diss track. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no offense to new kids on the block, but they were a less talented yeah. version of a new edition. They're and just they more were, palatable. There were it was too much of okay. New Edition had more restar than New Kids on the Block had more restar. New Edition is from Boston. It's from It's like ten really tough dudes from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, were they so southeast? They, were they? Were they? <laughs> <laughs> they might be. I think the Wahlbergs. The Wahlbergs. Are, we know they're Southies. There. <laughs> I saw him in The Departed. He's he wasn't faking that accent. <laughs> but um, yeah, Brand, we'll have to have you back on when when that comes out because uh, we we like to talk about TV movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already done one on The Temptations, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one that we wanted to do. We we're gonna talk about the Misha Lay one. I need the to Misha watch Lay. that one. Yeah, some girl dressed that up as Misha Lay for Halloween at my job. So you you did see the Misha Lay uh, one? That was an interesting movie. I I, I saw it. It was on. It it's was time on YouTube. 
That's on YouTube. I wonder if I can. Uh, but it's, it's a lifetime movie. It I wonder if I can find it on on demand or something. It Maybe. might be if it should be part of their lifetime movie network oh, yeah. rotation. But um, yeah, we because I we wanted to have an episode where we talked about um, straight out of Compton and um, the Michelet mm-hmm. movie together, and if I think after. Now I think about it, if we put both of those movies together, there's still a whole lot missing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. But before we do, before we get to the very, very end, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Ooh, what you got? All right. My earworm of the week. Uh, I think the more that I I keep finding features fe- like fe- hearing songs featuring this guy, mm-hmm. and um, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of him, and I'm talking about Anderson Pack. Oh yeah, and uh, this, there's a song that he did with a producer named Snake Hips called uh, "Money on Me," and uh, I've been playing this song a lot. It's on the Uber list. Lit. I was going to ask you if it's on there. It's on the, the, the We Lit. <laughs> the We Lit uh, Uber playlist. So let me add that in. And this is Money on Me by Snake Hips featuring Anderson Pack. And uh, once I get it queued up, <laughs> then we'll start playing and we'll be right back. <laughs> Swear to God, we can get it all. Put the money on me. I know we ain't in LV. Magic City or the steamboat moving up to Mississippi. But let me hold a couple C notes and play the whole scale in the key. Put the money on me. I know you ain't a risk seeker. Never ever seen your own peak. Never push it to the limit. Let me show you what to do with all the goddamn limits. I ain't trying to squeeze you, but put the money on me. I woke up on a good one. Came up on a good one. I'm working on a good one. Working on a good one. A good one. Put the money on me. Smoking on a good one. Working on a good one, I came up on a good one. Working on a good one, a good one. Put the money on me, double up and bubble over. Stand, look over my shoulder. I should probably take it slow. Kiss it, I'ma roll it over and over and over. Papa need a pico, mama need a makeover. Dollars in your bankroll. I can take you places you don't know, but we can't go till you put the money on me. Kobe need a new season. My mama need a hundred leases. My jug got a fucking leak in it. I'ma have to call leaving Jesus. Please put the money on me. I woke up on a good one. Came up on a good one. I'm working on a good one. Working on a good one. A good one. Put the money on me. Smoking on a good one. Drinking on a good one. I came up on a good one. Working on a good one. A good one. Put the money on me. Alright, that is Money on Me by Snake Hips featuring Anderson Pack from Snake Hips EP, All My Friends. Um, on there, he also has, who else is on there? He has a song with, um, I don't know if it's pronounced Tanache or 
I think it's Tanashi. Yeah. yeah. And Chance the Rapper. Oh, what's the name of that song? Is that it's, all my friends? That's called All My Okay, Friends. yeah, that was supposed to be a hit and it didn't become a hit. <laughs> um, he also has a song with uh, Tory Lanez and someone named Malika. I'm not familiar with her. But uh, Snake Hips EP, All My Friends, you can find that song. Um, or you can go to our BTTYHT Earworms playlist on Spotify and uh, check out uh, all it has all the songs from all our episodes now we're at 32 songs nice <laughs> we need to talk to Spotify we gotta yeah they're I think they're in the Netherlands or something we need to talk to them and just be like hey we mention you a lot <laughs> you and Taylor Swift we mention... she was on an episode so of Family Guy she and not herself, like she did, because they were just taking shots at her the whole time. Um, but yeah, it was it was about how, like, she starts dating Chris Griffin, and makes a breakup song about him, like insulting him really badly, even though like they were together, and it made her famous. And so Chris got mad and was like, "Why do you always make songs and and talk about people?" There's a whole lot of really good jokes that I want to give away, and eventually she says, "It's because it's what my fans want to hear." And so she goes out and she sings a love song about Chris Griffin, about how she likes him. And everyone starts throwing stuff at her and they walk away. <laughs> and that's when they deduce that, like, she has to write breakup songs to stay relevant. It's very funny. So you somehow work Taylor Swift into this episode. <laughs> I'm, waiting on the, I'm waiting on the hip hop album, man. I did see the, have you seen the, the Apple Music commercial with Drake? Where he's, uh, he's I've like, heard about it. he's like working out. He's like working out, right? Yeah, to bad blood or something like that. Yeah, then he starts dancing to bad blood after his like his trainer leaves. Mm -hmm. Then he turns on bad blood. He starts dancing. It has been written. It's a. It was a, a I guess response to her working out to jump man. (laughs) It has begun. It's gonna happen. They're gonna get together. So, Brandon, uh, what to ask you about that? Since you know she's already gotten her way into this episode, do you think Uh that? Either A, Taylor and Drake are dating, or they're going to do, or they're going to uh, work on music together. I I see some sort of collaboration coming. If they were to date, and because you know there would be an inevitable breakup, <laughs> I'm very yes. excited for both of them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. The yeah, the breakup songs would be epic. It'd be in the spirit of 808s and heartbreaks. Only Drake can sing better. (laughs) (laughs) It would be really interesting to hear Drake go from talking about these voluptuous bartenders to this uh, very, very small, timid country star. Well, quote, unquote, country star. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's Uh, a board. (laughs) 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 I mean, she's cute, but she's a board. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, I, whatever comes from that, it's it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting, and we're probably going to end up talking about it whether we want to or not. Yeah. So it's going to bring us to the end of our of our time here with this particular episode. Um, I had a good time talking about Teddy Riley and, and, and reminiscing. Um, oh, actually, before we go to, yes. he was on an episode of American Greed, Teddy Riley. Um, American Greed is a um, documentary style show about um, people scamming people like scams. Hmm. Teddy Riley was scammed. 
he's broke. Like he was, like he he put all of his money into his studio, and it was a scam, and he lost his money, and it wow. was quite sad. Um, if you haven't seen it, I suggest watching it. I I didn't want to bring it up during the podcast. It was like it's really depressing, but like yeah, he got he was sitting there talking about it. Like this guy was really helpful, and yeah, he was yeah, it's kind of sad. Looks good for his age though. There was a. Well, I already mentioned there's an episode of Unsung about him. And what's weird is like, there's feel like there's a lot of episodes of Unsung to where like it was acts that were, that came out in the mid to late eighties to the Mm -hmm. early nineties. And what kind of, uh, what kind of like made them fall off was the onslaught of gangster rap. (laughs) Gangster rap is getting too much credit here. Or well, too much blame. Yeah, too much blame for these artists uh, falling off. Um, that'll have to be something that we um, may have to look at some unsung episodes, which you can probably find on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, or Hulu. Because I'm sure I, I don't let, get TV one. Let's let's keep this a little legal. So mm-hmm. Hulu, it might be on there. <laughs> there was an episode about Troop that was on there. The oh other night. God. Troop, yeah. <laughs> what? Who's next? Nonchalant? Like, just like... <laughs> don't be surprised. Oh God, Troop. <laughs> They're like a no-hit wonder, man. What, what do they have? They had one, two on the R&B yeah. charts. Yeah, spread, yeah, spread your wings. Spread your wings, and the song that um, uh, all I do is think about you. Yeah, it was a song by the, the Jacksons. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that was like. Troop. But the thing, like, like, unsung kind of stretches a little bit. Like, they may not be on the Hot 100, but they were on the Billboard R&B charts. Yeah, the urban track. <laughs> it hit number 25 on the... Okay. Yeah. I don't, I never heard that song. Meaning a few thousand <laughs> people know who they are. Like, <laughs> troop. Like, I, haven't, I just haven't heard that name in years. When, and when the, from the clip that I saw, there was someone who was, uh, like, I guess he's one of the lead singers. Um, as far as the well, one, they start off on a talent show. It was a, it was like a game show called Putting on the Hits. Mm-hmm. It was like a star search, but you would lip sync to something. Mm. And they lip sync to, uh, <laughs> to New Edition. <laughs> and, and they won. They won like that round or whatever. And uh, one guy had to leave the group, so they had to add another guy. And I think they're, since they're from California, it's like, oh, you should get the, the Pasadena Michael Jackson. So one of the guys who's in the group, he was known for as a kid impersonating Michael Jackson, and he was called Pasadena Michael Jackson. Oh boy! <laughs> was, it, um, yeah, to to hear the like some of the stories because like you know like you've heard these songs by these years, but you mm-hmm. don't know their story. Yeah, and to hear the story sometimes it's 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 pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, it is like that is so random. Um, how uh, how the groups get together and stuff. It was kind of funny. So, um, okay. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell our listeners uh, if you want to be found. <laughs> we always say if you want to be found. Yeah, Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people don't. But if you want people to, to find you and your music, uh, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me at uh, soundcloud.com slash beatsbyhawk or youtube.com slash beats by hawk or my instagram i believe is hawk jones the great all right instagram i dig that okay um 
so uh guys i i encourage you to check him out and um and also contact him if you if you want some beats made <laughs> um, i appreciate it. i appreciate you guys having me on oh yeah man yeah mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll i we i'm trying to think of a way and i will eventually let you know a, a way to like have you back on yeah um i know like we we should have you for the new edition uh, miniseries mm-hmm. when that comes yeah. out. Uh, but anytime before that, definitely we'll uh, we'll I'll, I'll hit you up about that. Please do. Um, so uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes and mm-hmm. Podomatic and the Satchel Radio Podcast Player. Uh, that is uh, an app to where you can. Um, look for podcasts that are being produced in your area, of course, nationally and internationally, but in your area specifically, um, you may be able to find some that, uh, uh, that are new or, you know, maybe not, not as known yet, but you know, they got their name out there. So it's a cool feature. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like that part about it. Um, and on, on those platforms, um, comment, subscribe, um, leave us, uh, leave us a review we'd appreciate that uh mm-hmm. you can also follow us on instagram our instagram uh our Insta- our podcast instagram is by the time you hear this with the letter u instead of the word u because we're urban because we're urban <laughs> yes i love it and uh for people to understand it's code for black <laughs> <laughs> We should start saying we're we're uh, dual threat quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yes, um, and uh, that's also the same spelling for our email. By mm-hmm. the time you hear this at gmail.com. and you can follow us on Facebook at by the uh, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this with you spelled you know as in the word you the normal way yeah y o u not e w e. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you can follow us on Facebook as well. Um, Trying to think if if that's, yeah, that's everything. All right. So um, as we are also uh, known to do, we will end a song, uh, kind of a a, a sandwich of uh, songs. We have the, the top bun, which was Teddy's Jam 2. And then the bottom bun will be, um, uh, well, how about Jam by Michael Jackson? Yeah, it's a jam sandwich. Yeah. Jam sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon.